0: Welcome back boys and girls to another episode of K Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know It All Daniel John Schaefer and today I am joined once again by the K Fave crew, Mr. Jesse Baker, Mr. Wesley Lawson. How you guys doing today, Jesse? How you feeling, bro?
1: Oh, I can't complain at all. I got a pizza in the oven, watching some wrestling, excited to talk about it, you know, just chilling.
0: Yeah man, Wex, how you living?
2: Uh, Doing great. Just finishing up a vacation. Got to go back to work tomorrow, so it's a little bittersweet, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. Bittersweet
0: indeed. Today's show, we are covering
2: AEW Full Gear
0: versus a 15-year anniversary show. It's WWE's Vengeance 2005. Uh, I'm really stoked about this one because anytime I can cover an AEW current pay-per-view, it's always always good because they always put on bangers like that's just what they do uh and then i'm i'm really i miss doing the nostalgia st- shows i miss doing the uh, the classic kayfabe comparisons that we started the podcast on so i want to get a couple of these in and vengeance 2005 is literally i just like scrolled through 2005 I was like 15 years seems good and i was like how about this one it was right in the middle and dude i think i made a really good fumble i think uh, i didn't i didn't hate it um how you guys feeling about doing these two shows
1: I would have to agree with you. I think there are some very interesting parallels here. Um, most notably, I'm sure I'll point it out, but, I mean, Jr. like. Wow. You're Night and
0: at, day, baby. Night and day.
1: And I got to say, I think Jr. did a stellar job on, uh, on the AEW show comparatively to what he's been doing. Absolutely but, his man, best work
0: in the company so far, yeah.
1: 2005 on fire.
2: Yeah, it's, it was definitely weird kind of going back to 2005 and seeing the wrestling environment, just like how hot the crowd was for just like nothing, really.
0: Yeah, it's, it's wild, man. It's, it is wild to just see how on fire the business was, even in like a quote-unquote downtime, because 2005 wasn't like, we're well past the attitude area, you know? like.
2: I'll say that was, that was definitely a time where I probably wasn't really watching that much, because I think whenever 2006, whenever DX reunited, that was kind of one thing was like, oh. I think I might start watching a little bit more yeah. again.
0: Yeah, same for me, same for me. 05. I think the end of like maybe I want to say like after WrestleMania 19, like that was like the last big show that I was like, okay, this is this is awesome and then everything else just kind of went downhill from there in my opinion. Uh but here, let's jump into the show here guys. Full Gear. I I caught the buy-in, you know, as as we know here, I'm I'm the full-on nerd, so we're going to go ahead and start with that one man i mean i like the way they i like i really feel like you know um especially on this show how we talk about the wwe is really like kind of the king of production you know what i mean like they they kind of put those packages together better than really anybody else um i really i really thought that these packages were better than anything else they've done production wise up until this point uh which is something you definitely need uh, now that you're kind of slowly starting to introduce like fans again uh but people are kind of used to almost a sterile wrestling product i thought they did a really good job with the production uh what do you guys think about the buy-in as far as the the promo packages and such
1: dude i mean it was definitely a notch above i think that for the bigger stories they spent not a lot of time and i and, and i wonder if that's why the production improved so much on some of this is you know FTR and the Young Bucks is the longest story really yeah. told next to Omega and Page. The rest of them, I mean, Mox and Kingston, obviously, way longer background than the existence of most of these people's careers, right? Sure. But that story inside AEW was only told a few weeks leading into the event. Yeah. Most things were. So I think that the, the decision to go package heavy is not a bad one for them. I mean, they. Not at they, all. They, they clearly have the resources to do so. I thought the packages were great. Um, I did catch the buy-in. I thought it was really, really well done. I mean, if they, if we still really had that environment of people choosing to just click a button and get it, I think they would have won.
0: I I agree. Wex, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the buy-in. Like the promo packages, definitely hyped me up for the ones that didn't really have as much hype for dynamite the past couple weeks, like the Sheeta versus Nyla Rose, like. That definitely helped from a promo package. The Eddie Kingston, John Moxley thing, I thought they did a very good job on their own with their promos just for the past couple weeks on Dynamite. But the promo package showing the old footage definitely reinforced that and definitely helped me get a little bit more invested. But, yeah, overall, great. The match that happened on the the buy-in was great. It wasn't an amazing match, but it was a nice, serviceable, solid women's match. Yeah,
0: I mean, I uh, I kind of disagree with that, actually. I really thought it was bad. I thought that was really clunky. Um, I was actually... If, I, okay, I will say this, though. I literally wrote this in my notes. It was like, every time a pre-show disappoints me, the show is just killer. And then there's there was one show where they had, like, two matches on the pre-show, and the pre-show was awesome, and then there was just, like, a bunch of fumbles, like, during the action, Um With AEW. It was, it was very strange. I mean, hats off to, you know, Allison Kay and Serena Deeb, like, especially Serena Deeb. She's, like, a well-known veteran, and, like... You know, honestly, I feel like she deserves every amount of push that she ever gets because she's just an amazing human being to begin with. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, let's let's get past this uh, this opening buy in and let's jump right in here to the first match. Uh, The main show starts and they had a pretty awesome intro package. Uh, Again, I really think AEW is kind of finding themselves in the production area for sure. And match number one here is Kenny, the cleaner Omega versus Adam Page. Uh, the number one contenders tournament finals. Uh, damn man, Wes, what do you think about this one?
2: They they started off hot with this one. Like I Bro. thought this match was <laughs> fucking fantastic. Like it started off brutal. Like from the beginning, just brutal. Like they were just went real strong style. Like definitely like New Japan throwback heavy. Just amazing, striking, just beating the shit out of each other. I loved how Kenny Omega had his own personal commentator with Don Callis. Yes. I thought that was just like, this match was, I can't say enough good things about it. Like he just, like the reversals, like they were back and forth, like they were both just like, I'm going to do like a, like the, it was the spinning forearm or you want to say discus forearm and he, but like backs it up with another one, like Tiger Driver 98, like they were, they pulled out all all the big moves. And then of course the one winged angel, like, I just can't say like, I'm a mark for Kenny Omega and this. It's such a good match.
0: How many beers are you giving it?
2: I'm gonna go four and a half beers.
0: Four and a half beers. Wow. Jesse, what'd you think?
2: Right. Um I'm gonna
1: go three beers, and here's why.
0: What?
1: Okay. I don't think the match placement did this match any favors. Um
0: oh, okay. Okay, I, okay.
1: I think I think that. If you were to have flip-flop this, even the first and second match on this card, that I I get starting out strong. Don't get me wrong. But, dude, we're talking about a pay-per-view. You've already got the people's money. You've already got the people that have bought it. You're not hooking anybody in here. Like, let let, let the story breathe and let other people have some shit to do. Like, there's nothing left to do you know it's yeah uh, that's true i see that super high pace you know you got two guys this story has built for a really long time i i I also kind of feel um page came in being built pretty damn strong and then they have this tag run and they have this whole deal and it it just kind of got to the point where there's an unceremonious end they were fighting one another so on and so forth you know all i know is it seems to me i love the don Callis bit i popped really hard for that Obviously, they knew each other's moveset. They sold to that really well. I like the hard-fought victory, but I got to be honest, I felt like it was a very formulaic Kenny Omega match, and um, that that kind of knocked it down a little bit for me. I just don't think... I, I think you could, you could look at a, a match of Omega versus anybody, and in this match, the only difference is that the one-winged angel, there was a little bit of a scuffle. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, I got a poo-poo on that one, man. I don't. I think you're way off base on this. I can understand your point, like being that, like, you know, maybe this shouldn't have got the time. But honestly, like, my overview, and we'll get to it later in the show. Like, I loved the fact that this this show this match opened the show because I agree. I do think that this is like one of the more storied uh, rivalries, if you will, the, the biggest storylines they have going on. And I understand the idea, like, like. I mean, I mean this in all loving, but like, I feel like that idea of like, well, there's nothing left to do, and like, we're we're doing this, like, that's so carny to me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like old school, like, like leave them, like, almost like territory days where it's like, leave them, leave them, you know, want to come back next week or whatever. And I get that, like, they're operating out of Orlando, but to me, for the pay per view, like, they want this. You know what I mean? They want these podcast people that you know, like, us to like review it well. They want fans to talk about it well on the internet. That's the most important thing to them, and I understand that. So to me, I thought this entire. Card match placement was probably the most like like chef's kiss match placement of an entire like show. I th- I loved it. I loved this match. I thought it was phenomenal. I was impressed by like okay, so this is what happened to me. It's like the match starts off, it's super fast-paced. Like, and I was like, okay, shit, this is gonna be a spot fest. It's gonna like they're gonna have these big breaks, and then there's just gonna be a bunch of action and then a big break, and then a bunch of action and a big break. And that's not what happened. Like, they started fast and stayed fast and stayed crisp. I mean, they did slow down slightly, but it was a gradual (laughs) slowdown, and it all made sense with their selling. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the false finishes were incredible. Uh, I I mean, uh, to me, it's like the only bad thing is, like, being the wrestlers that have to follow it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only bad thing about it. Because to me, this is a solid five, almost whole six-pack, but granted, I probably drink more than you guys, so, you know, uh, it know is what it now. is. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. For me, man, I was damn near a six-pack on this one. I absolutely loved it. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's jump back over to a different pleasant surprise here. We're going to go over to WWE's Vengeance 2005. I will say the opening package itself with Cena, like, still kind of, like, he's just becoming Super Cena. He's trying to get rid of, like, word life cena you know what i mean like but he's still kind of there he hasn't fully transitioned from like word life to super cena so uh i I don't know seeing that was like super nostalgic for me um the hype for batista and triple h in the cell i thought was really well done too again the production packages they have always been phenomenal uh what do you guys think about this open here for vengeance 05
1: the opening package was not only incredible i thought the opening match was like so exemplary of the different tone of wwe during this time i uh, they're the only game in town really i mean yeah nobody's counting tna I, as much nah, as i no, love no TNA, five yeah and here's the deal i love tna tna05 is really when they started to make those bigger bigger strides outside Oh, agree 100 percent.
2: it but like
1: let's be honest it was never gonna come even a little bit close
2: no hell no but, you well, I, open it but I think
1: we needed it.
0: You know, I think, if, I think without TNA 05 or like ring of honor, like let's say 2009, then we don't get an AEW. You know what I mean?
1: A hundred percent. I, and I'm not, I'm not, I think it's all great. I mean, trust me, I was the motherfucker buying XPW pay-per-view. <laughs> and shit. Like, I, like it wasn't, you know, I mean, I get it, but it's, it's just a matter of WWE being the only game in town by that. I mean the only viable long-term guaranteed contract money for the boys in town.
0: You yeah, know? no, I agree. I agree. Yeah.
1: Um, Then you see an opening match like Shelton Benjamin and Carlito for the Intercontinental title. Wow. Like, talk about rose-colored glasses in a way. You look at that at that time, and you know that both of those guys have this huge, grandiose future in this business. And neither of them did. (laughs) <laughs>
0: which is so sad though like
1: I, like honestly the first paragraph
0: of my notes is like how is Carlito not employed somewhere in like a major company I know like the rumor is that he's just he's like I'm comfy like makes good money lives in Puerto Rico does his thing does like little Hollywood shots here and there but like he's he doesn't care to come back to it but like that to me Man. that's a waste because he's only like 40 he's well, like 40 years old
1: some folks aren't driven by the money in trade and you know that that's just not new to Carlito
0: you yeah, know, for sure. Like, it's it's just sad cuz I think it's great. I I enjoyed watching him, so I feel I'm being selfish and I wish I could see him still wrestle, I guess.
1: Dude, me too. I mean, I absolutely do. And the thing is is you know, eight, I mean, I know WWE made the volley, you know. They they made yeah, the I offer he like, didn't like nah. the number and he said, yeah.
2: "Nope." <laughs> I mean, honestly, the way they just treated his cousins, do you think he really wants to come back to WWE anytime soon?
1: I mean, I think that's the driving force behind all of it, you know, like it's and which is so stupid. His cousins, too. Like, come on, man. Like phenomenal.
2: They're both incredible. And they they yeah, did absolutely. they literally didn't get booked for like an entire Dude, year. You, and you, it's book, insane.
0: you book another you book another AEW pay per view around the turn of the year, you bring them all three of them in and get like a, almost a half shoot promo after they clear out like SCU or something. Dude, couple, and they're just like uh, talk about the best family, talk about the family tribe, like and it's Carlito and the cologne's on AEW. You know what I mean? So faction. it's almost like this
2: Yeah, it'd be fucking great. See. I think it'd be yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah, that's a let's, slam dunk and a hat. promotion, they could do like a cross promotional. They could totally like bring in their belts like, and stuff. DCW, maybe?
0: I think it's CCW
2: Coast uh, Caribbean Championship Wrestling. CCW. And actually, their main title is the Universal Championship. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, oh. I'm not 100
0: percent sure what that is, but um, but yeah, dude, this match, I, I agree with you. I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. I mean. To me, like Shelton Benjamin and Shelton Benjamin and Shelton Benjamin, he looks. He still wrestles the exact same way that he wrestled in this match. Exactly. But even even in the, okay, this is this is this this is the best part about hindsight, in my opinion. It's like if give us as wrestling fans 2005, like we're still in 2005, and we're like, hey, we're about to put like Carlito and Shelton Benjamin out in front of you first. We'd be like, okay, those jobbers, like that makes sense. Well, you know, because that's how we felt in 2005. Like, but now it's like looking back, they were really damn good. Like. Maybe it's just wrestling got worse, but, like, I was thoroughly impressed with this match, man. I thought it was really good. I thought, like, Carlito doing the chicken heel shit was really good. I thought his timing was great. His flow was great. Uh, I mean, it got me going for sure. Some really, really good false finishes. Uh, it was a banger of a match. I'm another five beers deep on this one, man. I don't
2: um, think I said mine. I'm four and a half.
0: Four and a half. Okay. Wes,
2: what do you got? I'd I, I definitely uh, give it a solid three and a half beers because... Like you said, maybe like you said, wrestling maybe got worse or something, but like they didn't do anything really spectacular, but it was like just very fluid, very solid, and literally what you said about Shelton Benjamin, that's like one thing I wrote down. I was like, he looks exactly the same in twenty twenty as he did back then. He probably yeah. looks better now. He's yeah. probably in better shape now than he just he can do he could just do everything. He's a yeah. fucking It's Shelton Benjamin. What are you gonna He's say? He's a monster. And it was right and that was right before the gold standard, because he still had the thing his own theme song yeah, but his hair wasn't gold yet. So yeah, but, yeah. Was,
0: And you were at like a four, okay, so four so just half. four and a half. So you okay. actually okay. So if we're going match by match here, you're picking Carlito and Shelton Benjamin over Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Yes, I am. Alright, cool. oh I just wanted to, make, just wanted to, just wanted to hear it. I just wanted to have that on record. Let's go to match number two back on AEW Full Gear. And since we got the hot hand, we got Jesse with a case of the red ass here. Let's get on to match number two. Jesse, give it to me. Orange Cassidy versus John Silver, your homeboy. Give it to me.
1: Dude, I gotta say, I, I, like I, this is a four-beer match for me. I thought it was good. I thought that it, you know, I, you're building a guy like John Silver. I think it should have opened the show. I think it also suffered from match placement. It was a popcorn match to set aside Cody and Darby. Yada yada yada. I understand what they're doing here. But you're taking a guy out of quote unquote, as stated by AEW, the main event picture, air quotes again that nobody else can see. But (laughs) like in into the second match against a guy that you're admittedly trying to build. And I don't know. I just I feel like honestly, if this had opened the show, I think everybody would have been more impressed by it than they were with its state in the placement. And I think Page and Omega would have functioned better in the second slot. That's just me. But I thought Silver looked good. Um, Cassidy, I think they've gotten to a point now where Cassidy is kind of playing tweener in his gimmicks. Like, you're either a really good wrestler or you're this lackadaisical guy, and now you're sort of seeing that it's not exactly both you know what i mean like it, it's it's a it's a really weird thing i mean he could come out and be one way he can play up the pocket gimmick and stuff and then all of a sudden he's got to move because now we know he can so eventually there has to be an evolution of that talent you know what i'm saying
0: yeah for sure
1: uh, i mean but, i yeah. mean
0: yeah i i agree with that 150 percent. i think that like i i for sure it should be slow played but like that dude is going to have to change to, in order to stay like uh, you know, you can't do Mizdow forever. Like, you can't just be the guys with your hands in the pockets forever. Like, eventually, your character has to just change. Like, uh, because I mean, also he's too good, and he's being too being pushed too much to where, you know, he's just he's just the comedy guy. Like he, you know, I think they they view him as a long term young guy that's gonna help build the company. They view him like almost like a 2005 like Randy Orton or Batista. You know what I'm saying? Like to reference like the other show, but realistically, it's like you don't. You wouldn't push Santino Morella like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't. Right. That's not. You, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, and that's what it, this match was for me. This match was two and a half years for me, just because I felt like we've already seen Cassidy be important. And to to me, like, and and that's the thing too. I know John Silver can work. I know he's a good wrestler. But to me, this was a comedy match, and they yeah. booked it to be a comedy match, and it was a comedy match straight up. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's a place for it. I like comedy wrestling. I like to be entertained. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not actually trying to watch a fist fight, Otherwise, I'd watch MMA. like I want to be entertained. It but puts like, John
1: Silver on front street too. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Gives the opportunity to be in front of people and then eventually actually get to show he's a badass.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. It I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm two and a half beers deep on it. I didn't hate it, uh, but it, it certainly you know. It, it, it served its purpose. It was the popcorn match. I agree. I do think this was the best place to put it, though, because there's absolutely zero personal issue here to really make it worth anything. So even if this had been a more up-paced, like more, you know, actual higher work rate style match, I don't think that it would have changed the rating for me, really, just because of where it's placed on the card. But Wex, what did you think? Give me the rundown for this on uh, Cassidy and Silver. How many beers do you do?
2: Alright, I'm going to go in between you guys. I'm going to go three and a half beers, and I, I'm going to go agree with you on the placement of the match, because after that first match, that hard-hitting, just, you know, all killer, no filler, balls yeah. of the wall match, even though it was a comedy match, like, it still had some fun spots and some pretty, like, impressive spots, too. One of my favorite things, definitely, one of the, I feel like the ultimate heel thing you could ever do to Orange Cassidy is rip his pockets out, like you rip his pockets out where i mean i know he still has the slots but you can't can't put your hands in your pockets <laughs> if you don't have any pockets i thought that was uh, brilliant and silver just i mean it was definitely like he said he got a good really showing got a little showcase got to show his strength he had a nice like he like the one-handed press slam and yeah that thought thought it was great good change of pace they both worked you know did some cool moves a little uh like a cooler, honestly, they did, I saw some more impressive cooler spots in that match than you saw in the 2005 Carlito match, but that was a random yeah. 2005 Perspective. WWE match. Perspective so you can't everything really way, yeah. you can't really compare spot-wise, but that's why I'm going to go ahead and give it three and a half beers just because it was a nice change of pace. It was fun. I enjoyed it.
0: Well, you know what? That was not a nice change of pace, and it was not fun at all. It's uh, match number two here on Vengeance. <laughs> oh, it's it's Victoria it's... versus Christy Hemi. Uh, I mean, we can talk about this if you guys want to, but... I got a couple
1: things I'd like. Okay. To. All
0: right. I, I, I walked to the bar door and it smelled like rotten fish. So I turned around and didn't have a single fucking beer for this one, boys. Not one beer.
1: I, I got to give it a couple only. I got to give Victoria two beers for carrying fucking Playboy model through the motherfucker.
0: Like She's a sweetheart for sure.
1: Well, I mean, she did good work here. I, you know, what do you expect her to work with? You got this. Hemi was never officially trained, to my understanding, and basically just screamed the entire time. But as an on-screen talent, I don't dislike Christy Hemi. Um, in terms of her interviewer role that she was initially in, as a as a manager, it's always been bad. As
0: yeah.
1: As a wrestler, definitely bad. And I guess her leaving the company. There's all the rumors surrounding how unceremonious that was, because allegedly she was. A mistress to Mr. Levesque. And yeah,
0: I was, yeah, that's been longly reported and I've, I think it's kind of like fact at this point, honestly.
1: Yeah, you know, but, What's funny about that? Christy Hemme was a personal favorite of a, uh, a, far, a a friend of mine that's no longer with us, Mr. Kyle Travis. So much so that a friend of ours that worked for T&A happened to score him a towel that she used to use to put her fake tanner on, and that guy never let that towel go.
0: Oh my, oh my god! god. <laughs>
1: that's uh, a I,
0: that's a little personal there.
1: Yeah, you know, personal. Uh, you gotta <laughs> get up there, but. Um, I will say, leading into this match, one of my favorite things, the segment with Triple H walking through with Flair and the brother love suit. I don't know if anybody else... Oh, God,
0: yes. i popped so hard for that. I was like, Bruce, Bruce!
1: It was so good. Um, in terms of the match, the promos were so bad. The, the, I mean, it was the worst shit ever. It made Victoria look like an idiot to recite whatever somebody wrote for her. But, um, yeah, I got to give at least two beers to Lisa Marie.
2: And, yeah, the rest of it... <sighs>
0: Wex, tell us what you thought, bro. Uh,
2: I'll give it one beer. And just like the same thing I noticed, like, Victoria carried the match. It was sloppy as hell, just pretty much.
0: You guys just don't want any damn heat. That's what it just is. Just
2: a bunch of, uh, I mean, I'll give it just a <laughs> beer just because, just because it was a match.
0: <laughs> just because it was a match? I don't I mean, think,
2: I'll could give you really it, call it a match? Uh, I mean, I'll give it, they, j- just because they went out, like, just because Victoria, like, carried the match, sort of like how Jesse said. She made it work and made it resemble what a wrestling I match feel like
0: me doing. grilling you about how many beers you would drink is more of a match than was put on in the in the ring <laughs> yeah
2: definitely <laughs> and i did Hemi, notice uh, hemmy did
1: did a a uh, took a couple of bumps that probably fucked her up to be uh, honest. yeah
0: well that's what i'm saying like she t- oh yeah like she oh. Hemi, she got slung around like she was a <laughs> model in there pretending and she just like i don't know if took a bump is the right word to say like it's almost like there was no she didn't
2: take a she got thrown down <laughs> a couple See, times I, I, I got
1: a perspective that's for going out and doing it though. I mean that's she came fair, back. That's fair.
2: That's fair. Yeah, on commentary, JR kept putting over how she had a con how she was suffering from a minor concussion and had stitches. Do you there think was that like would go- damn candy
1: jar spot and that awful pre-match promo. Do
2: you yeah. think that would go you think uh, promoting a concussion would go over very well in twenty twenty in a match? Absolutely not. Yeah. And I noticed that uh, Victoria uh I guess Sonya Deville did she inspire her did her, Vic, her gear come from victoria because that gear she was wearing was like pretty much the Sonya deville gear
0: yeah i agree I, I'm, I mean probably i mean she was i mean victoria was a phenomenal wrestler i mean that widow's peak finish was like i still feel like that's a badass finish like for anybody to do like i, I she's,
1: thought I, I think lisa marie vaughn's fucking great like yeah, i, for I sure. don't i've never seen i mean i've seen her have several awful matches but the matches were never bad because of her no, true, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, I should, I should, I should say that. Like, you know, look, Christy Hemme is essentially a ring announcer that shouldn't have been in the wrestling match, and Victoria is a ho- first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. So, like, this, I feel like this would be a negative star world if we were, if we were the meltzers of the world. But I
2: mean, in two, it was 2005. We were still getting "We Want Puppies" chants, so that lets you know the environment we were in at that time.
1: There, she's a crack whore. Chance in this show.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Well, speaking of crack horse, let's jump back over to the other show with Darby Allen versus the newly minted, and once again, Cody Rhodes. We got to talk about that, boys, right? Like, how did that happen? Did the E just decide, like, we want to be sympathetic and we're just not going to renew it and you can just have your name now?
2: I heard that he basically decided he was going to give up all these WCW uh, trademarks that he kept pushing that he wanted, and they're like, all right, you give us these back and we'll let you have your name.
0: Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's a fair deal.
2: I also heard that some of his trademark
1: filings for the name started coming in that didn't have to do in wrestling, and that that was part of the conversation. Like, he wanted to be able to use the Cody Rhodes name And, like, for... uh,
0: Hollywood stuff.
1: Correct. Yeah. And that somehow that part of the conversation came into play and kind of leveraged in... Because he's even cut promos saying he wasn't going to use it in wrestling. Even after that announcement came out. But now they're doing it. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: Well, they should. He should be Cody Rhodes. I mean, just being Cody is weird. I don't know. I always felt like that was weird. But to me, I mean, I I enjoy it. I think it's a win. I think think it looks really good for the company. It looks like the company won something. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like, especially to marks like us, it it looks like they, you know, beat the E, at least on this one thing, which is nice. Uh, But let's jump into the match here. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the reins on this one right off the bat. I think these guys always have amazing matches, and I I did love that Cody kind of worked the match from the role of the heel. Um, and I will say that like my biggest issue with Darby Allen is that he's been this be- babyface, but his actual selling like his facials weren't ever where they needed to be to be like a Steamboat or a Michaels or you know what I mean like a great seller. Like, right. but I feel like this match specifically. He really did, I, I like his facial expression specifically. I thought he sold better than he's ever sold in his entire career, like ever. I thought he did a great job here. I think that they they did the right thing putting the belt on him too because it was so not it was so not expected. And I mean, Cody Rhodes is going to be a five-time AEW champion in two years, I think. So like, yeah. it is what it is. But I mean, I I lo- I, I, I love the match. I. I will say this, though. I think that the drama was better in their other matches, but I think the bell-to-bell work rate was better. This is their best match, if that makes sense. So for me, I'm like five beers deep on this one. Four and a half, four and a half, five beers deep. Wes, where are you at?
2: I'm going to go four beers on this match for sure. Four beers, definitely. And, like, again, I know Cody's supposed to be a face overall, but... And a heel in this feud, but still, Cody is just a heel. The push-ups in the middle of the match, just like People love it though. And you can see, but you can see Hogan Arn Anderson, I, mean, like, Hogan, I love how Arn Anderson pose, gets frustrated at him, but like you said, work rate best like best match overall they've had in their feud. Like I know, so they had the one match where they went to the draw, the time limit draw, and then Darby lost two of them, and then this is like the this is the fourth match I guess they've had so. But yeah, definitely, like you said, work rate wise and like Darby, like all crazy stuff. And that crossroads from the top rope, like, oh, my God, yes. like that. Too. Oh, my God. Like I've, I've never seen I've just never seen anything like that before. And like yeah.
0: that should have been the finish, though. I will say that that should have I mean, been. the. I
2: mean, and there was a he got a huge I mean, Darby got a huge pop and he's the first non AEW guy to win a singles title in AEW.
0: Non-WWE guy. The yeah. non wwe guy. The
2: first non WWE guy, the first like homegrown dude yeah. to get a singles title. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool.
0: Jesse, how many beers are we drinking?
2: I'm at, I'm I'm four and a half here.
1: And okay. right, they could have they could have changed a couple of things and I probably would have gone much higher because I felt like the two of them worked a really great match. I thought commentary actually really did a great job on this match in particular, only because they're kind of selling that Cody's bulked up. If you look at the way they're working, where Cody's like kind of muscling Darby around a little bit and Darby's still doing his balls to the wall, you know, I'm going to throw myself at you. I'm here, like, I'm in it to win it, yada, yada, yada. They both had these, like, super elaborate entrances that... Yeah, I agree. Either one of which made any sense for either guy to me. Like, it's... (laughs) You're putting the your windshield through the car with, I guess, probably a buddy driving it or your skateboard through the windshield of your car or whatever, easy for me to say. And then Cody has, like, one person and then 17 people and then just walks to the ring with horn And it's like I don't – there's – this is the one thing that cripples and, – and I'll touch on it again later. But the one thing that kind of cripples some of what AEW has attempted to pull off, one, like, third kind of heat for me is that clarity of – the heel face dynamic. Yeah. And I understand that those things are muddied waters, especially now, but they don't have to
0: be though. They really don't have to be.
1: I just do think psychologically you're gonna, you you look at like another match on the vengeance card a little bit later on where the crowd is in the palm of the hand of a couple of guys and you don't have that dynamic here. Like everybody's looking at stuff, but they are looking at the oohs and the ahs of the spots. They're looking to yell at the crossroads from the top, which yes, it should have been the goddamn finish. Like, it, it, it didn't. That doesn't mean Cody had to win. Maybe Darby rolled it over or something. Yeah,
0: but yeah fuck, I agree. For
1: sake, nobody should have gotten up from that. Yeah. And it's, you know, but all in all, I did think that they worked the match well to each other's strengths. I liked the way that, you know, everything came about. I was not a fan of the finish simply because that wasn't it. Um, I did love Arn's role here playing up Cody's, like, you know, pomp and circumstance and his little,
2: you know...
0: Yeah, you're, build, you're building the inevitable Arn turn, which yeah. I like.
2: Is it an Arn turn or a Cody turn?
0: No, it's an Arn turn. I, okay. I think Arn and goes with Tully and the Revival. I think that, that they build another stable. And that, my
2: prediction, Kenny Omega. I, I think the okay. Revival's fucking gone, dude. You think they're gone?
1: I think they may go. To where?
0: They signed the deal. They signed the one-year deal. Yeah, yeah, they did. At I never saw signed that. the deal. Yeah, yeah, they did. They had a whole segment on Dynamite where they signed the co did we get this in the contract and they had the whiskey and Adam yeah, Page yeah. was part of it. Yeah,
2: they they, see- I thought the contract was for the match. No, no, no. no they signed a, that was their that was their official contract to become official roster members because before yeah. they were just Ah uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They were gotcha. working per date before. Nah,
0: yeah, they're they're not leaving. But they do have in their contract, they said, I think in that segment, like, we can go and work in, you know, in the land of the rising sun or something like that. Yeah, like, I don't think that that's even a possibility for Americans to go over there yet.
1: You you can go over there. You just have to stay over there for two weeks. You have to quarantine for two weeks when you get over there and quarantine for two weeks when you get back.
2: Yeah. Saying Kenny Omega's promos before every match, and even this match that we didn't mention from the first thing, at the end of everything Justin Roberts mentions, North Carolina – at the end of every intro. And if that's not a fucking hint that he's going to join with FTR, I don't know what it is. I feel like the inevitable's coming and he's going to turn on the Bucks and join F- and just join up with them. After he becomes champion. Mm, mm. That's that's my prediction, but
0: or maybe maybe that's the big heel turn for him. Like maybe like you know, FTR ends up helping him win the titles or something. I'm and that kind of keeps the young I like that. I like that. But who's the fourth guy? Spears, you think Spears stays? Because I don't think he's I think they're gonna sever that whole thing with him and Tully.
1: Dude, Spears I, I'm I'm not feeling Spears in AEW at all. Or maybe Cody that's does so go-
0: sad to me too. Like he it really is just booked poorly. Like he's just everywhere. He's been booked poorly. Like the whole he was snake bit with that terrible chair shot thing that everyone buried on the internet with Cody, and after that it was just like, Okay, well that's his big black mark, like right away. His very first thing in AEW. Oh, you mean
1: other than his fucking 5,000 years in WWE or whatever.
0: Yes, yes. God, he was there forever. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's just, exactly. yeah, it's not it's not good. I mean, I, I feel like anybody can bounce back from anything at this point in this crazy fucking world, but like, that's a rough one.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of bouncing back, uh, before we had the Edge and Kane match, there was a rare, like, awkward Cena promo. At least it started off pretty awkward with, uh, I can't remember that guy's name.
1: Todd Pissum. Yeah,
0: yeah, Todd Todd Grisham, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, yeah, Todd Pissom was part, yeah, that's right, Uh, (laughs) of course, like, I I will say, like, towards the end of it, he shaped it up and nailed it, because he's one of the best talkers of all time, Um, but the package for Kane and Edge was great, I giggled a lot, because it reminded me of the crappy angle that it was, but I actually thought the match itself, Edge versus Kane, was pretty damn good, I thought, I thought the, the work was, like, This is Kane's prime, for sure, like, bell to bell, in my opinion. Like, he was killing it as far as, like, being able to move. Um, But I don't know. Okay, this is another thing that's a recurring theme on this show. Like, I'm vain. So, like, when you have two opponents that have, like, matching gear to the point where they look like they could be a fucking tag team, I despise that shit. Like, how do you not have an agent that says, nope, wear a different color? I know you got six different pairs of tights in that damn thing. Like, where another or go to the seamstress? There's a fucking seamstress there at all times. It's the they, WWE. Like
1: it happens in AEW all the time too. And at AEW for whatever reason it bothers me less, just because I feel like guys don't like aren't as accustomed to it. But WWE yeah. these days, Vince wouldn't allow that shit at
0: all. Never, never like, would never allow it.
1: I 2005 it. is know. like ah, we're the only game in town, pal. <laughs> like,
0: I hated that. I hated that. I will say that part of it was funny. I mean, it was so convoluted. The Snitsky thing. Like this is very much a WWE drama over match type thing um but i don't know i didn't hate it i thought some of the false finishes were actually really surprising to me um so i, I mean in that regard i thought that the the psychology as far as if you're gonna do really gimmick heavy lot like run-ins and all that like i thought that there was it it did they, they pulled it off what, whatever was booked they pulled it off i thought it was good i gave it three solid beers i'm half a six-pack deep on this one jesse what do you think man
1: and I'm, I'm three and a half is what I wrote down. Um, a lot of this is because, a I the match's rewatch value just because of Lita and, you know, having her whole torso situation just like she likes it. I could watch that a thousand times over. <laughs> Not a bad plan. <laughs> but I also feel like Edge, to me, I'm a big fan of Adam Koblen as a wrestler. Um, I liked a lot of different eras of his from beginning to end. I feel like his coming out party was during this time.
0: 100%.
1: 100%. And it was kind of refreshing to go back and see that like I'd say 06 fervor, was like, like the I know now, I'm but yeah. here, but I still have to prove it. The situation uh, definitely weird like weird to see Kane with no mask now.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know, I prefer it, dude. I, I like okay, either give me original uh, Kane no. mask. I don't like the V Kane mask. I hate it. Oh I yeah,
1: no 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 no. Yeah, I'm not I'm not for um, the mouthless one at all. Yeah. But but like the one with no mask, it's like I'm just so used to seeing him out of character in interviews and then like in political speeches and shit now that Perfect seeing Kane. him in that mode was just Perfect so Kane. like I it was hard for me cuz I just wasn't buying it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like I want to fund your schools, you bitch. Like yeah. it was very like not like I don't know. There was something I, I, hate, been,
2: I hated when they unmasked him like ugh, I hated that that era
1: Dude, the wig coming off was the worst part of it all.
0: Oh yeah, like, <laughs> that really—that's—that's that's what really got me. It wasn't even the mask. It was like, wait, his hair's
1: not real? That
0: killed me. What?
1: Like, what?
0: Wait. Yeah, it was oh, really. I,
1: I will say though, I mean, you know, Edge, Edge rocked a lot of chicken shit heel stuff, and Kane worked great. Big man, um, Lita played her part in the match. The Snitsky run and popped me. I got to admit, like, yeah, yeah, it just
2: tickled.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a three and a half for me. I thought it was good.
2: Wex, where you at? actually originally was going to go two and a half, but the Snitsky run in popped me and gave me the, f- went ahead and made it to three beers. Because all, right. all that did was just make me think of how the the whole punt and the baby and like that whole yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah, so I popped that. Tab. And only reason, I, I just think this match, like it was fun. It had a lot of cool stuff, but it just kind of went a little bit too long for me. It just kind of drug for, for what it was. But. Yeah, for what it was. And- I mean, I thought. Told- and the fact that it was basically the whole storyline's a rehash of the Matt Hardy thing, and we even got, like, yeah. you screw Matt Chance in the crowd yeah. and everything, so just because the storyline wasn't very original, that kind of was just like, eh, we've kind of seen this before, but overall, they did some fun stuff, and like you said, the Snitsky pop, so yeah, I'll go three beers.
0: Three solid beers on that one. Let's jump back over to AEW Full Gear here. There was a promo section with QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. I really think they fumbled fumbled the ball with that whole bunny thing. Like it just <laughs> ended. Like it wasn't even on dark. Like it just stopped. And I'm like, was there something that weird that happened? Like I don't I don't know.
2: I mean, it it kind of paid off on dark. Like before, like one of their matches, like. I mean, yeah, it kind of paid off on Dark. There was a couple little interview segments and the things before the matches where she said, like, I was just using you. And so it sort of paid off on Dark, but it did just kind of come out of nowhere because yeah. it, it paid off showing why she was there and why she let and why she's coming back. But they never explained why she left in the first place. Like, yeah, it doesn't just make any randomly sense. randomly showed up. With yeah, exactly.
0: With me, and I was exactly. like, what? Yeah. So I guess they it, saved
2: yeah. it. But the initial way it happened was pretty dumb.
0: Yeah. I mean the promo was good though. I mean I'm I'm excited that they're like that they used I, I I thought that they used their promo segments on this pay-per-view really well because this is still like a traditional pay-per-view where people pay, you know, a solid amount of money for these. It's not just like a network special or whatever where they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want and everybody's like, "Well, it's 10 bucks," you know, like whatever. Like I think that they all of their in-between promo segments did a really good job of building the next week's TV. So it felt very old school. Like it almost felt like An older like 2005 pay-per-view you know what i mean where it was like a pay-per-view it wasn't just like a network thing like where they were those in-between promos helped build segments for raw or smackdown coming up the the following week and i thought they did a really good job here now the next match however was not my cup of tea at all uh you know honestly i think that out of the out of all three companies i even though AEW says that they put a lot of like weight into their women's division, I think they have the weakest one. Like I think out of Impact or WWE uh, or AEW, I think I think they have the weakest one. Um, I, I will say that I like the Mega Man gear that Nyla Rose wore. I'm a big Mega Man mark, so there's that. Um, it was aggressive and it was really stiff, and it got sloppier as time went on. Like I thought the stiffness was like them just trying to work strong, but like it just got really sloppy. Uh, I found myself, like, this was the, the first part in the show where, like, I found myself drifting, like, where, like, I wanted to pick up my phone and, like, I wanted to, you know, do something else. Like, I, I, lost, I lost my connection to this match, for sure. It wasn't bad by any means, but it wasn't, like, honestly, out of this show, it was the worst match of the night, in my opinion. I'm, I'm two beers in on it. Uh, Wex, what do you think about Nala Rose versus Hikaru Shida?
2: honestly they surprised me and i actually thoroughly enjoyed the match because at first i thought i was going to be drifting away i did the old classic all right time to take the bathroom break time to go get another beer and then when i sat back down and started watching it like honestly they they impressed me they put on a solid match like i enjoyed the stiffness i enjoyed the hard hitting i can understand how, how you could see it as sloppy because it does sort of look sloppy but i just enjoyed it and i definitely popped for the Mega Man gear and like and I also just like the whole thing how uh, you know Nyla Rose didn't go for the pin, tried to get cocky, tried to use Sheeta's own, own move on her. Yeah, and then, you know, she had to come and hit two, got brutal with the two knees, and I just thought it was good. And even Vicky Guerrero took a bump on the outside, which was yeah. Random. I do love
0: I do love seeing Vicky on anything AEW. What was your overall beer content? Con-
2: so my overall beer. I'm going to go with three, just kind of like uh, it's exactly what I had back on the the cane the Kane match. So, the only reason I even got up to three beers is because they just surprised me with the match. Because this really had no build at all, besides the little segment that happened on Dynamite last week where Vicky Guerrero got in Sheeta's face. But about, besides that, yeah. So, I'll go with solid three beers.
0: Solid three beers. Jesse, what'd you think about this, man?
1: This is uh, a single beer and even Naps just to get me through. Yeah. I was, uh, I love Sheeta. Um, I love some of the stuff that looked a little bit stronger. The slot for me doesn't come into the strong thing. The slot for me comes into Nyla Rose is supposed to be built into this powerful entity and literally never once has she looked that way. I've never not, seen her... Not one time. I've never seen her pick up a clean power bomb without struggling. I've never, I've, I've never seen any of that happen without like, with her looking like any kind of a quote-unquote beast. Like, there's not that kind of power there. And then you have the whole, like, Hallmark fucking Charlie Brown. I'm sad my dad died. Moment of Vicky Guerrero walking away or whatever. Man, like that that was just you talk about putting a bullet in the whole fucking character. Like why even have that? It wasn't even that long ago that Vicky was introduced as being her mouthpiece. So why even do it? I
0: like I agree. Too soon.
1: Bad taste in my mouth. I think they got they got a lot of work to do to put some prestige behind that belt. So yeah, for me it's one beer.
0: Man, yeah, I hate to say it, but I feel like we're all. I mean, I guess I guess Wex just uh. Maybe he has a hard on for Mega Man. I'm not really sure, but uh, let's move on to the next okay. match here. Uh, we have a package for Angle versus Michaels. Um, I was elated to watch this one. Um, I went, once I saw it like just on the preview. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's the one we're gonna pick. So. Uh, just to low key that literally in the WWE network description, I just went to 2005, I scrolled through and like looked at just the descriptions. And when I saw like Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels and it wasn't a WrestleMania, I was like, well, that's the one we're going to do. So for me, um, you can't do better than these two, uh, definitely has to be match of the night in my opinion. And it was close, but it was, was match of the night for me. Uh, this is the cream of the crop, dude. If you if you guys want to go back and watch a, a hidden gem, I would highly recommend. If you guys want to match the week from me from either of these shows, to be completely honest, I would say go back and work, watch Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, vengeance 2005. Um, I absolutely loved it. Very old school. Amazing false finishes. I mean, palm of their hand, especially Jesse. When you were talking about that, like the chemistry between these two guys too was just insane. Like, God, I can't, I cannot possibly say anything else better. I ran out of beer. All six are gone. I had to go to the store to get more. Jesse, what, what do you think about Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels here, man?
1: This is one hundred and ten percent a six beer match for me, yes. for sure. I mean, it's the only way that it. You know, obviously I, I love the WrestleMania match as well. Yeah. And the funny thing about the two is that they are different. So like, different. This match had a much rougher tinge to it and the way yeah. that they were working it was completely different. But God, it's just so good. You got the these two guys obviously would never cease to deliver. It was a rough fucking match, which I think yes. probably wouldn't have played at Mania the same way. Um but I, it it gave this pay-per-view the monetary value of Anybody who bought it. <laughs> like, yeah, This match is worth it. 110% worth the price tag. Uh, the finish, holy shit. Absolutely wow. fantastic. And like I said, this is the match I was referring to. You picked up on that. Crowd's in the palm of their hand, man. I mean, the entire time, everyone is ju- completely understands the story. Yeah, It plays exactly what I'm talking about with the AEW stuff. This is the example of what AEW could have if they were to play the heel and faces dynamics a little bit more to the T
0: properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's like, this is just an incredible example of what's possible in that instance. I mean, again, totally six beers all the way.
0: Wex, are you as drunk as we are on this one, bro?
2: Shit. Yeah. Because I weigh a lot less. So if I drank all (laughs) six beers, I'd be fucking wasted. I don't know, dude, I'm
0: a buck 50. So,
2: (laughs) all right. (laughs) So, literally, yeah, six beers for sure for me. These are two of the greatest of all time. Like, come on now, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle. Like, you, does it really get much better than that? No,
0: like, it does not.
2: Like, it's a great, like, a great technical match, but everything about it, like you said, like, completely different styles. Like, as JR kept alluding to on commentary, JR on commentary in this dude, match. Dude, yes, is, oh my commentary. God. You
0: have to talk about that, she dude. Was... This is... The height of JR to me, too. Like, even this is better. This is better than Attitude Era because he's actually calling good wrestling here. And let's be real Attitude Era was over because of the angles and because of all of like the drama. Like, if he, he doesn't have a hard on
2: wrestlers, so. this
0: show, if you go back in our archives, uh, every show we've ever done for the past two years is here. We covered a lot of Attitude Era in the first year, and a lot of that wrestling is shit. I mean, really bad, bell oh, to yeah. bell. Like, surprisingly bad when you go back and watch it again. And like, this was so good, man. Like, yeah, the Attitude Era missed Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry. Like, but once when he oh, left yeah. at the end of 97, like the the bell to bell work rate for WWF, like on the whole just went way down. Like, you can literally see it drop off from WrestleMania 14 on with oh, Bret yeah. and Sean leaving. Like, it's that's I mean, it changed everything. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, Rock was great. Stone Cold was great. But like. And those matches with them together, but like, how often do we really see Rock and Stone Cold together? Not as often as you actually think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it didn't. Their their amount of matches was not that many. That's so, why like, when it
2: happened, it was such a big deal, and you were like, "Holy yeah. shit, Stone Cold versus The Rock."
0: Yeah, yeah, but in '05, we could have Edge and Orton. We could have Michaels and Angle. We could have.
2: Yeah, triple, like. Triple H for one time. Like, the work rate definitely went way like super, way up. Just, like smack, like the SmackDown 04, 05, like. Like, Way up, like, we were talking talk about false finishes in this match. Like, the big suit, oh. like, with Shawn Michaels, he you know, had the
1: whole crowd, bro.
2: I literally stood up off my couch they both 15 like,
0: years like, later. Like,
2: like oh, oh my god, and then in the finish, too. The finish, like, off the top rope of the super oh, kick, like, oh. not as good as the Shelton Benjamin springboard one, but like, but pretty I-
0: damn close, bro. I don't think I've
2: ever actually watched this match in entirety. I've only ever seen the WrestleMania one, so like I wasn't even expecting that, like the top rope super kick. I popped for it, like hard. I, I stone colded all six beers together at the same time (laughs) for this match.
0: I love it, dude. I love it, man. Speaking of amazing super kicks, amazing spots, amazing false finishes. Let's get to the next match on AEW Full Gear. Here it's the Young Bucks versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Woo! Wex, you know, I'm just let, let's work it as a snake draft, baby. Back to you. <laughs> Give me what you thought about Young Bucks versus FTR.
2: I thought this match was fantastic. And for, like, the lack of sort of build they had, they worked this thing perfect. Like, them working on his leg the entire time and just the great tag teamwork, the chemistry between both of them. And then I loved how, like, it all came down like the story was told brilliantly, let ftr went away from their game plan you know the no flips all fist i think that's yeah. how you say it yeah and he goes for the springboard 450 the reversal for the barefooted super kick like oh, bringing that, digging down with like n- just to uh, i five beers for, for me on this match like this is definitely match of the night for me 100 and not because i'm a young bucks mark like The dynamic between FTR and the Young Bucks, like they worked this shit brilliantly and perfectly together. And the fact that, oh my god! And Kenny, did you notice Kenny Omega came out afterwards for like the celebration, everything? And Hangman started to creep out of the tunnel. Yeah. Just and you, he thought, but then I guess like a lot of people didn't notice that. But I kept, I was like, hey, look, Hangman's coming. But it's like, I guess he was ashamed that he was a loser and he went to the back. And that I love that even that more, love though, that added that extra layer yeah. of that still just oh, this some great long term storytelling. Dude,
0: Adam Page is going to get sober and be the biggest baby face in that company. That's going to happen. That's exactly yeah, what's going to happen. Straight up. I, and, I, and honestly, like that's fucking soap opera like drama, like to a T, like because they're not using like a real life drunk situation like some other company might. Like they're, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, I feel like w, this is, uh, yeah, oh, we, Jeez, geez, geez. Yeah, dude, honestly, for me, I, okay, this is tied for matches of the night. Cause I thought this was just as good. As the opener, I thought it was fantastic. Great action, great psychology. I drank six beers on this one, boys. I'm again, like, I'm just I love beer, so I'm six beers deep on this one for sure. This is probably the best tag match that we've ever seen in AEW, at least. And there have been some really damn good tag matches. That SCU Adam Page Omega one on the Jericho Cruise comes to mind for sure. That was phenomenal. Um, this, but this one's better. I mean, this is this is the best tag match that. I think the revival or FTR or whatever you want to call them, outside of maybe those American Alpha matches, um, I honestly Even think. DIY, that, yeah, the DIY. Yeah, matches. The DIY ones were really good too, but I I think that first takeover Al- American Alpha one, th- those are just like that first takeover Brooklyn with with American Alpha. To me, up until up until this show, that's the best tag team wrestling match that I've seen in my life. So for me, this this one is. Mm, right up there I, I don't know if it's if it's beat it yet maybe time will tell hindsight is 2020 as we all like to say on all those wrestling cliches but i'm i'm at least six beers deep on this one let's jump back over to uh you know sure. the next the next thing that happened
1: no, I'm, I'm five and a half on that one. Oh yeah he didn't, he did. we didn't
0: heat it we skipped oh, oh it. shit jesse <laughs> give it to me, bro. my bad i was so eager i was so eager what'd you think about ftr give it to me i want to hear all the glowing remarks
1: I mean, I don't have much more uh, to contribute other than, uh, did you guys ever see that YouTube video that went super viral like, I don't know, early 2000s, the evolution of dance? No. You know what I'm talking about? They reference it on The Office. And it's like one guy that basically starts off with like the earliest forms of dance known to man and kind of changes the movements all the way up through the current dance moves and in, in like urban contemporary R&B and whatnot. And this match totally reminded me of that video. The way that they worked it the homage finishers throughout. I mean, yeah. you're like, you you. see a heart attack. You see a yeah. spike pile drop. You see the fucking uh, the Steiner's assisted bulldog. You see yeah. the DIY knees. You see... They did the DIY. Yeah. They
2: did the
1: double...
0: You saw the Dooms device. I think, didn't didn't the Bucks do the the double rocker dropper, too?
1: Yeah, there's a 3D somewhere, too, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, there's a 3D in there, yeah.
1: You know, I mean, you're seeing... Basically, but you see each team paying homage to the teams. That, the history that of tag team the yeah. Yeah, And, no, you know, I mean, it's a love letter. Um, yeah, the, I love it. I'm at five and a half, though, and I'll tell you why. That other half of beer would have been there if it weren't for that fucking horrifically botched goddamn double sharpshooter spot where they're reaching to get the hands on the roof. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And all
1: of a sudden, yeah. nobody understands what the fuck's going on anymore. That
0: didn't bother like, me. I was so suspended in my disbelief. Yeah, but I I was it. I
1: was drunk. Yeah, <laughs> to it. I was like, yeah, it bugged the shit out of me because it was the only, the only crack in the concrete.
0: I get you, I get you. Know? You know,
1: and I'm like, God damn, y'all, that one fucking thing. Just give up the ghost on it. Don't keep trying to do it and keep going. And I probably wouldn't have even noticed it,
0: bro. One thing that I wish they would have given up the ghost on is continuing to try to push fucking Viscera or Mabel or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Good lord, dude. The next the next issue, I guess, it's not even a match, but like this whole like king. Kind of a match. Oh my god. Like was it a, even a match though? Was it like an actual was the the bell ring? Was there a three count? Like I I don't know. This dude, okay, this Lillian Garcia Viscera thing to me was like I felt uncomfortable. Like yeah. I legit felt like like watching the the UK office. Like where it's like it's not like funny cuz it's awkward, it's like it's so awkward that like I feel embarrassed for this made up person that's on my screen. Like I want to leave the room. Yes. Like I was like I feel cringe like like my my insides like are I feel like I'm torturing myself watching this. Like it's just but I had to for the sake of the pod. Wex, what did you think about this whole Lillian Garcia Viscera thing? What what happened here?
2: Uh, I, I I don't know what happened. It was just fucking weird. Uh, is, I guess this is like—is this pre Big Daddy V or is this like when this, he is Big Daddy V? This
0: is, he's is about to be Big Daddy V.
2: This is uh, transitioning into Big Daddy V. Okay, because yeah. this is a uh, this is like right this is right before the ECW or this is right before ECW started like their weekly show because the we're, actually we're the one night thing.
1: We're coming right off of the first one night stand. Yeah, one
2: night stand yeah. was two weeks. But
0: that was the first one, and then they did the second one in 06, and then the the show started very soon yeah, after.
2: So we're that. about a year out. He was he was a big presence when he was a Big Daddy V on EC Dub on t- on a Sci-Fi. So big presence yeah.
1: where he fucking went.
2: Yeah, I just thought this was a uh, fucking weird and yeah uncomfortable. The Godfather came out there, I guess. uh... <laughs> Man, I didn't even know Godfather was still going in two thousand. I know. I mean, it was. Like, I don't think he was. Okay, he, he wasn't.
0: It was a pop okay. for the crowd. It was a live thing. I get that, Jesse. What did you think about this whole thing,
1: dude? Did you see, like, you want to talk about the Attitude Era being scandalous? I guess no one was paying attention to WWE at this time. Did you see the ladies that the Godfather brought out? Jesus Christ! It like, was. It, it was. That was rough. like that was beyond. Like that wasn't like. You know, that wasn't she's looking real tight or whatever. That was like, God damn, son. Y'all went to the back of the bar and just figured it oh. out. <laughs> I feel like
0: Brother Love picked them out personally from Lucky's or wherever it was. They
2: came with the suit with Triple H. It was a package deal. Oh, <laughs> oh,
0: shit. Too much. you going to replace Christy
1: Hemmy on the mic. One, two, three.
0: Ooh, Man, on, the, on the stick, for sure.
1: On the stick. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised that they allowed. This segment to happen with someone as prominently featured as Lillian Garcia, to be quite frank, because like she was in a lot of ways the face of the company in in, you know, singing the national anthem everywhere. She was one of the first of their stars to legitimately put out a pop record. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of surprising. I don't
0: sucks, but yeah.
1: I mean, it, it was a really awful segment. It was extremely uncomfortable. But if you look at the placement of it, I mean, obviously, you just have this match of the year contender, Kurt and Sean, too. And then you're yeah. leading in to the triple threat. And it's like, what do you do in between? I mean, somebody like they can't do intermissions anymore. They got to give somebody some time to go get shit because people didn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's I agree.
2: It's great for sure
0: i agree man i mean to me this is like i don't even think it's really rateable i feel like uh you know this this to me is like the real blemish on the show i felt like overall vengeance was phenomenal and we've still got a little bit more to go but like i think that this this whole thing was like really kind of showed you like this took me out of like a nice nostalgic bubble where i was like oh everything on this show so far has been pretty damn good other than that other like random divas match. And I remember divas wrestling at this time. So I wasn't surprised by that, but this being a segment and being on a pay-per-view still too, like, remember this wasn't a network special. This is a pay-per-view and it was not good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, it certainly, I don't know. It, it just wasn't good. I'm really glad that we've moved on past that type of pro wrestling being a thing. Uh, But somehow, uh, not really, (laughs) because here we are back on the full gear side, because the cinematic matches are apparently still a thing, even though it's been almost a whole fucking year of quarantine. And this, listen, I understand that Matt Hardy has been doing this for a long time. I understand that he's kind of like the godfather of those cinematic matches, but maybe they just feel so snake bitten by every time they actually try to get Sammy and Matt Hardy in the ring, that they were just like, you know what, let's like do a, cinematic thing where we can edit it and make sure it's like not gonna suck and you know whatever and i think that that just kind of screwed the whole thing because i i hated this i hated matt hardy versus sammy guevara and the elite deletion match i thought it was trash Uh, i mean i i i thought it was funny like in certain parts with like you know the hurricane and gangrel and like all this ridiculous shit but like i don't know it really became even more like private party versus like you know the inner circle guys and it was like what i i i don't really i don't know man i and the firework fight was just so lame to me like i loved it i hated it i absolutely hated it uh i mean i give it i like i sipped my beer and it was like a sour because i drank it maybe half of it half a beer for me at most uh wex you seem to love it tell me what you thought
2: I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I went ahead and gave – I'm going to give this four beers, and I just had a great time watching it. It was just – it was just nothing but fun to me. I loved it. I I popped for, like, almost every little thing. Like, I loved – he was just like, get out of the uh, mud, Samuel. They would think we're running a mud show. Like, I, that was a great fucking dig at Cornet. I love like – you got Senor Benjamin. I love the fireworks. I even said before I was like, we better get some fireworks in this match if it's gonna be oh at the Hardy God. compound. Like, if we don't have fireworks, like, is this gonna be a Hardy compound match? Like it's been like four years though, man. It's the almost... more absurd it is, the more I love it because that's what it's supposed to be. If it was if if it was they tried to make it serious, like, it just wouldn't make sense. And I loved how they paid off the longest payoff of a feud of all time. <laughs> <the> Game for <laughs> a feud. Like literally that like, I popped so it's hard. It's been four I mean, years, Matt. Towards the end. Like, I was, you know, I was starting to get pretty loaded at this point, and I was just loving every minute of it, and they paid off the TNA. Oh, that makes sense. Okay.
0: Like, so this is like a Talking Chop of Mania moment, honestly.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, you got to be
0: just really this drunk. Was, to watch
2: this
1: was, 110%, this was a Talking Chop of Mania match. Like, it it, it should have been on that show.
0: Well, I mean, this is, I will, okay, I will say that this is better than anything that was on Talking Chop of Mania 1, so there, there is that. <laughs> uh No, dude. Come on, listen. I'm a big mark for those guys too. I don't ever miss a week. I love, I love those boys for sure. But damn it, like, ugh, talking Chef mania one, like you had to be shit canned.
2: Yeah. And, like,
1: watch that. Yeah. Okay, hey, well
2: that's the thing. This was towards the end of the pay per view, so I was starting to get pretty. I was feeling it. I was feeling good, but I,
1: <laughs> this, I, is a, this is a supposed to be shit canned match. Jesse, yeah.
0: how many beers did you drink on this one?
1: Me? Uh, well, I mean, I uh, how many did I drink or how many I rate it? I, I rate it too.
0: <laughs> oh, so by this point you're like,
1: Man. yeah, I was fucked up, but yeah, <laughs> I, but I'd rate it too. I just, you know, I, it, it for me, it's just it's gotten to the point now where it's like it's derivative. It, it, yes, you know, that's they're, what they're I just, mean. That's the it, perfect like, it's time. they're doing it, it's like I know what they're gonna do. Yes, yeah, yeah. I had, exactly. I had a great deal of fun with the fireworks. I really did. I was laughing my ass off. I'm not gonna lie. Like I like I was. It. You're I really hated it up until that point. To be honest. The whole thing with private party being in their car and waiting and shit, I was like, guys, you're not even doing the hokey production thing well at this point. Like, you, you, this is could be so much. Like, just run in. What the fuck? No one cares that you're in your car. Like, it's not a big deal. But the fireworks, that's about the point that I started paying a little bit more attention. It was funny. I was laughing. Now, is Sammy Guevara's career benefiting from me only laughing my ass off at him? Probably not. Like, but. <laughs> You know, I think it served the point that it needed to serve, which was to be funny and a distraction and yada, yada, yada. Um, Pop for Senior Benjamin, for sure. Yes. Obviously, Hurricane and Gangrel. Gangrel, by the way, looks just like Jericho.
0: (laughs) Sad but true. Sad but true.
1: And they kind of built to, uh, you know, I think think they did a decent job of building to, like, the inexorably violent end or whatever, but I, all in all, you know, it's like, guys, figure out a different way to do this. Do it at the Guevara compound, for fuck's sake. If they just did that whole thing but made it look Mexican, I would have popped like Oh, a I would have
0: loved that.
1: If there and a yes. And run in would have been way better.
0: They way better. Uh, listen, I, for me, like, a derivative is the best way to describe it. It's just like, I feel like it's the guy, it's like Jim Morrison flashing the crowd, like, it happens one time or two times and it's like talked about forever but then if it happens like 12 or 13 times with some cinematic matches between the WWE and AEW it's like i don't give a fuck about a cinematic match anymore like i don't i hope i don't ever see another one again like i just i i i mean i really don't i, I like i've had my fill of it for a while you know what i mean like it's
2: yeah, I, once you've seen him naked once you've seen them yes
0: Yes, it's like the one night stand where it's like, okay, in a few months, like maybe we could try this one more time. But then after that, it's like, no, no, I don't want you to be my girlfriend. I don't want you to be a booty call. I don't want to see you on a regular basis naked. Like this is this is this to me. Like I just I don't want to see this anymore. Like it had its time. It had a place in the business that was like monumental. It did a lot for wrestling. I really do believe that when it when like you know the like the the ultimate deletion happened and all that. Like I thought it was good, but like. Now it's just so old already, which is weird because it was only four years ago, but a lot's happened. A lot's happened this year, you know? Right. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it wasn't the worst thing. I've, it certainly wasn't the worst cinematic match I've ever seen. And I mean, hopefully this does put a bow on that angle. Um, but man, let's jump back over to vengeance here. We had uh, Batista versus Triple H. They had their, like, promo segment, and it was pretty good, I guess. Uh, And then, uh, you know, we had that whole awful Viscera and Lillian thing. And the next match on the card was Jericho versus Christian versus Cena for the WWE Championship. Jesse, I know how big of a mark you are for Christian, so go ahead and give me your overall thoughts on this triple threat WWE Championship match.
1: For Christian? Not only Christian, but goddamn Jericho. Yeah, that's Um, true. I thought Jericho looked great here. Uh, I, I, you know, it's obviously Cena was going to win. I, I don't think there was any doubt about that throughout the entire match. It did kind of violate my suspension of disbelief rule because it was so clear that that's what was going to go down. But Cena was showing that like that young Rock vitriol in his promos at the time. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just kind of got like yeah. gotten in the groove. And, we were uh, seeing
0: a real superstar happen. And, it, and he was a real superstar.
1: No, for sure. And, you know, you got Jericho and Christian basically working, like, clown show bumps to elevate Cena.
0: Yeah.
1: I always forget Tomko was even in WWE. R.I.P. Yeah, R-
0: R- 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 Tyson Tomko.
1: <laughs> but, like, the—what really bothered me about all that was, like, it's a triple threat, so it's no DQ, which got sold on commentary. However, Tomko got ejected from the match— there was a the belt. Worst shot tattoos
0: where, in the business.
1: where like the referee was trying to take away the belt from being used and shit. And I'm like, it's a fucking no DQ match. Like yeah, I agree. That that kinda that, that got me a little bit, but you know, whatever. Tomato tomato. Overall, it was about a four beer match for me. I did exactly what it was supposed to do. I mean, it put Cena on the next level and it it didn't do any damage to Jericho or Christian, really. Um I, it just, I don't know. It was just kind of there for me in a weird way, but I did think everybody was playing to each other's strengths.
0: Yeah, I felt like the, uh, the performance level was, was where they should have been for that spot on the card. It was a world title match. Wex, what would you think?
2: I, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three and a half beers, and the only reason I didn't give it four beers is just because, kind of like you said, the whole thing you know John Cena's going to win, and that was kind of the beginning of Super Cena, Kind of the like you said, the transitioning from like word life Cena to righteous fake uh, military man Cena. Yeah, that weird transition where they kind of he didn't really change his They just kind of slowly yeah moved away. He was still doing the fu at the time, so he was still yeah. They kind of I don't think they changed that until later. They officially went PG, but. Overall, like I mean, ever this is a great match. Like, like you said, like they were bumping their asses off, like doing crazy stuff. Like Jericho still looked phenomenal.
0: Yeah.
2: And they, uh, and I noticed they played up. They were like, well, John Cena's got the number one rap album. Like, oh well, Chris Jericho's the lead singer of Fozzy. Like I thought yeah. that was pretty funny because that was like way back then in like the early days of Fozzy, and yeah, that was cool seeing Christian. Like just because Christian kind of you know never got the recognition he deserved. I thought he was,
0: yeah.
2: a, he was a phenomenal worker. But, yeah, I'm going to go three and a half beers. It wasn't, like, the most amazing match, but it was a solid-ass triple threat match. And definitely. I mean,
0: I think, th- I think honestly, I think it's a, I think I'd say I'm a little bit heavier on this one than you guys are. I'm, to me, for an th- actual triple threat, especially in the WWE, it's really, a lot of those matches are kind of hard to follow. But I thought these three dudes were, like, really made it work. I was very satisfied with like everyone's role. I felt like again, like to be able, like you guys said, like it didn't hurt anybody else in the match to be able to pull that off alone, to be able to put Cena over while you are doing those clown bumps and still have like by the end of the match, I still feel like Christian and cena are or Christian and Jericho are still viable threats. like that's that says a lot to me. So um uh, and I feel like the triple stack in the corner that we kind of see all the time now you could tell by the crowd reaction that was still kind of a new thing to them. You know what I mean? Like like they had, like they hadn't seen that tower of power type thing. And so like that kind of popped me. I was like, okay, I remember when this was like kind of a new concept for 2005. You know what I mean? Like I remember when this was kind of a new thing and, and I I was actually really surprised at how good it was. I thought it was really great. Like there was never a time where I felt like one guy was just too absent. Like, Oh, like, you know, well, what about this guy? He's been outside of the ring for six minutes or whatever. Like, I never felt that way. So I thought they did a really, really good job. I'm a solid five beers deep on this one, man. I really I really enjoyed this one. It was a surprise of the night for me because I wasn't expecting too much. Um, But again, also knowing that this is not like, I mean, listen, John Cena is a legend. And he's a legend because, like, you know, even on his on his way down from his stardom is when he did that U.S. title, you know, it's an open challenge thing. That's and that's when he had some of the best matches be. of his career, for Definitely. sure, right? So, like, so to me, though, this is almost the same level, but he's still hungry here. You know what I mean? He hasn't really, even though he's the champ, he's still not, he, he was where he was. He was on top in, in 05, but he wasn't, kind of like Jesse said, he was still early rock stages. So he mm-hmm. was, he, you could see that he was like, he wanted to be. To be or surpass The Rock or Austin or whoever. And if we look at longevity, man, outside of Bruno, I mean, Cena's got more longevity than Hogan did. You know what I mean? Like, Cena Cena is like, dude, I mean, we spent so many years because we were just tired of it. But, like, to be honest, who else was better? not many i mean we, we, we were all tired of it in 11 and 12 and 13 when when punk oh, came up but like
2: yeah. i was tired but, of it in 09 but
0: sure but but at the same time like who else really now in hindsight looking back even in other companies who else in the world was was in that in that echelon there's there really nobody any. like
2: it honestly if you think about like everybody who's considered like the legends the favorites like randy orton's the only person really close to longevity was cena because like Austin, like, his WWE...
0: But Orton is more like a Jake the Snake. You know what what I mean? Orton is more like a Jake the Snake, where he's more known for, like... he's is... uh, Listen, I understand that Orton's a household name, but I feel like work-rate guys, Meltzers, like, marks like us that like to critique shit, we're the ones that say that Orton is the legend that he is. But, I mean, if I ask, like, my little brother who stopped watching wrestling 10 years ago, he's like, oh, yeah, Orton was good. But, like, he's not anywhere near Taker or Cena or... Even edge, I mean, like it, it's it's just weird how we rate it as fans as opposed to like people that have been even just casual fans for a very long time. Like how they look at who is great and who is not the
2: is telling. Yeah. You, know I mean? you might be able to compare if you put both runs together as Shawn Michaels. oh, but you have to but you have to well Sean's the greatest of all
0: time, but you have to
2: get that whole peeled out doing whatever the hell he no, was doing. No, please period. don't. Please don't.
0: I loved, dude, honestly, God, 1997 Shawn Michaels is my oh, yeah. he's the most gr- hopped up on drugs. That is yeah. my love of my life, Shawn Michaels. That's, when I, like,
2: that's when I first, yeah, saying that's when I fell in love with Shawn Michaels. But I'm talking about the time when he was just away from the company, period. He didn't oh, yeah. wrestle at all. Just, yeah, yeah. Like, like 99. 98 yeah, to like, yeah 90, like 98 to 2001. But like, and honestly, his 2002 on run, his that's probably his best work ever.
0: Oh yeah. Two thousand two two thousand two to two thousand and four. That two thousand and two run until WrestleMania nineteen against Jericho was great. And then that oh eight run when Jericho was the best in the world against Sean, like those that series of matches they had. That's I think that's one of the best feuds ever in professional wrestling period. But I'll again, never
1: like Sean for those fucking tights he had in two thousand two that were almost all brown. Those brown, oh yeah.
2: And that weird little fucking haircut that Bob well it's yeah. funny
0: you say that because uh that's that's kind of next week's show but we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> let's, let's let's get on to the next match here on a e w full gear it's uh before we had the match that we had a, a archer promo a lance archer promo uh with Jake the snake a little segment and I thought they did again like it wasn't too long it was a good way to kind of get him on the show without really putting him on the show um you know i I thought it was great um and then we had MJF versus Chris Jericho. Um, you know the guy that you think is the goat, Jesse Baker. Uh, l- l- give me your thoughts here. MJF, the uh, heir apparent, the uh, the new the new superstar to be, the next John the John Cena of AEW, maybe in a heel way, in my opinion, to be MJF versus Chris Jericho. What do you think?
1: I mean, I think that it's obvious that Chris Jericho also thinks what you think because you see Jericho running around. First yeah, off, I gotta sure. say. It's only by a very small margin, but I think Jericho is in a little bit better shape here than we've seen him.
0: I agree. It a little bit like yeah. you could
1: definitely see that he was trying he's been trying to kind of counteract that yeah, at least a little. yeah. and um you see him working obviously his face offense and going back and trying to get the you know it's a heel on heel match. Nobody's gonna again, you have these neutral dynamics with aew. but you see Jericho identifying that going out of his way multiple times during the show to get the crowd into it. And then you see things like a lion salt and a lion tamer and getting the fucking uh off the top rope and things along those so lines so you, runner, yeah. you, you know he's giving he's basically giving everything he can to m j f yeah. so when that when m j f out heals the top heel that he actually has it and I thought again, I thought they did exactly what it was meant to do it was. The, the, the problem to me here again does fall to the build, and it just didn't have enough steam behind it in general. So, you know, I'm still kind the of. Build? I didn't love the build, dude. I like, I love the segments, but like.
0: what The, the Dinner fuck? Debonair? The I best the segment. segment in all of professional wrestling?
1: Dude, I love the segment, don't get me wrong, but you're not, that's not building to a conflict.
0: I think it is, though. I think they did a great job with how they told the story. It's it's supposed to be friend versus friend, but they're both heels, so they're both going to be dastardly. I think. I don't know. I, I, I can see. I can see where you're coming from, but uh, you know, and
1: it's the muddy waters of the crowd being invested. That's that's the thing to me. Like, I don't are, know, you, are you supposed to assume Jericho's going to win because he's the vet? And then all of a sudden it's a surprise that MJF wins. I don't think – I mean, I, I, it was clear to me that MJF was winning walking into this fucking thing. There's no suspension of disbelief. There was no side-to-side, side, I want this guy to beat this other guy's ass. There was none of the things that make for a classically good wrestling match. So that's, that, that's kind of what – I mean, I'm at four beers. I thought they did a great job with what they did. But I think that if you planted some of the seeds a little bit more – like maybe Jericho seeing MJF as a threat by being in the inner circle or something along those lines, that it could have been a lot more effective.
0: wait where are you at with it, man?
2: I'm going to agree on the amount of beers with you. I'm going to go with four, but I'm going to disagree on what you said with the match with there being basically no suspension of disbelief because I think the whole thing is, yes, we knew that he was going to win, but I don't know how it – what was he going to do to win? I wanted to see, was it going to be Jericho making a mistake? Was it going to be Jericho giving it away because he wants him to join the inner circle? Or is it going to be, you know, maybe some interference from the inner circle to try to prevent him, but he ends up pulling it out with some interference from Wardlow? Like, I was intrigued the whole time. Like I like I, like Daniel said, I love the build. Like, dinner debonair. Like, I talked about it in the Dynamite review the past few weeks. Like, they've, they've done a great job of building this whole thing up to me, and I I thought it was brilliant. Like, I... Like I'd have the same rating with you on the amount of beers, but I disagree on the other part. But honestly, and the and the finish, the Eddie Guerrero throwback, like that, popped me super duper hard. Like it was great. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. And and one thing, so by proxy, Wardlow joins the inner circle too, which I think is very interesting. So I want to see what happens with the the combustion combustional elements that could happen. Yeah, I agree. I I mean. See, for me, I thought that this
0: was like. T- okay, so for me, I felt like. Let's talk about the actual work rate, too, because I thought this was the right pace for this stage of like a Jericho match. Like, he wasn't trying to keep up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it wasn't booked like a. He's not like trying to have an Orange Cassidy, like Indie Darling match where he does a bunch of shit that he didn't, couldn't do. Like, that champagne mimosa match or whatever. Like, it was not good because, like. You know, like I know that, you know, Orange cassidy guy with his hands in his pockets. But like we said, he's got to pick a lane like he's right. either super slow or super fast. And when he goes super fast, Jericho really couldn't, you know, Jericho hangs at about seven, 70, 75 percent now. And that's fine if you can find a guy that can just maintain that pace. And MJF to me is totally that guy. I thought it was the right pace. MJF is easily the best opponent for him because of that. Uh, I mean, he's just super. MJF is super smooth. His work rate, like we talk about, how great he is on the mic, is a great heel, a great like, uh, a true like a true heel personality. But his his actual entering work backs it up too, and that's why I do feel like he is that upper echelon kind of guy. Um, but yeah, man. I mean. Uh, You could definitely see Jericho, even with this pace, get pretty winded towards the end. And I, listen, I like that Eddie Guerrero style finish with the baseball bat or whatever, but it's super played out at this point. So the finish for me is what gave me only three and a half beers because I was like, this of all finishes. And honestly, even if you're going to do it that way, do it better. Like, don't be laid out. Be like grabbing your head and pointing at the guy and like, you know, yelling. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's more his style than to just lay and play dead. Almost Eddie. Esque because Eddie babyface, it almost it was, it was almost a little too babyface ish to be honest with well, you. Like, the reason that, that's... I
1: loved it though is because instead of the Eddie style where he threw in the bat, yeah, Jericho's guy threw in the bat. He just took advantage of what he saw. I thought it was perfect.
2: Me too. I love it. Yeah.
0: Him. I mean, I, I just felt like he should have sold it a little bit better than just being like laid out. I don't know. I mean, he could have done the same thing with Jericho's guy throwing in the bat, but I felt like MJF should have like. Played it up, and as soon as the referee turned to Jericho, he like laughed at him, or like you know, like smiled, or rubbed his hands together, and immediately went back to crying, as opposed to just laying there. You know what I mean? Because I feel like MJF could pull that off. I don't know. This is all really like really nitpicky, nerdy semantics here. Like, like I'm I'm totally with you on that. Um, But for me, I don't know, man. I'm three and a half years here. Like you know, it was it was really solid, and I love both guys, but it wasn't. I don't know. It certainly wasn't match of the night. I, I, I really do foresee this being the end of Jericho's in-ring stuff. I think that MJF is the guy. I think this is it for him because I think that he does take over the inner circle. And I think that Jericho ends up on the outs. Uh, maybe he just goes to commentating or maybe he just takes a little bit of time off and has maybe one more big return match and that's it or something like that. That's but I... But I don't I don't see him going even another full calendar year. I just don't see that happening. Uh, and he, you know what? He's fucking earned it, man. Like, he's, he's... I mean, we just talked about a great triple threat that he had with Christian and Cena. And we are, are also talking about this. And it's, you know... I, I love him to death. I, I wish him nothing but the best. We fucking love Chris Jericho. Everyone that loves pro wrestling loves Chris Jericho. But, you know, here we are. Let's jump over to the main... You know, before we get to the main events, guys. Before we get to the main events... Let's go around the horn. Jesse, if you had to lean one way or the other, AEW Full Gear or Vengeance 2005, if we're judging on ratings, if you really look at it, which way are you leaning?
1: If we're, if we're judging before we factor in the mains of both. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, to be honest, I'm still judging, I'm still leaning Full Gear. Uh, that tag match kind of, like, yeah. sort of tips the barrel a yeah. little bit. Um, the, the combination of the tag match and, you know... Cody and Darby, I, I think you got two matches that just like way over delivered.
0: Okay, Lex, what do you got on this? Leaning one
2: way or the other? Definitely leaning towards full gear, just because I can't say I'm more invested in the stories right now. Just because you know something's current, yeah. And I for sure. don't want to. I don't want to kind of. I don't want to let the nostalgia pop of like two of some of the greatest WWE matches ever on a pay per view to let it like overshadow like everything that's going on and the fact. No tag team wrestling period on the WWE. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, kind of sucks. No tag team wrestling and AEW pay-per-view has more matches. It's just, it's really hard for me to go anything but full gear at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm also leaning full gear at at this point in the show, uh, slightly. Uh, I mean, I think it's really close just because, like, there were some surprisingly awesome matches, uh, especially just the opener on both sides. That like kind of set off the shows. I thought that they're ironically mirrored really well outside of, you know, the Victoria and Christy Hemi match. If you take that out, if you take the you know, if you take anything involving a quote unquote diva in WWE out of this two thousand five show, I think it's maybe probably the best show of that year. Um but yeah, man, let's let's jump right into it. Here we go though. Which all right, let's let, let let's get a let's get a uh, consensus here. Do do we wanna go with which 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 main event do you guys want to go with? WWE or AEW, how you want to close out the show here?
1: We're going to end up talking about both. I mean, I, I feel like you know, we might as well just go back to WWE and come back to AEW. All
0: right, here we go then. It's a hell in a cell for the World Heavyweight Championship. In my opinion, the best Batista match in WWE, period. Wex, what did you think about this one?
2: I can agree with you about 100%, and I'm going to go ahead and let you know I went five beers on this match. And the only reason I didn't go six is because Shawn Michaels. I mean, yeah, the Shawn Michaels uh, H. uh, Kurt Angle match right like earlier in the card. But Jesus, I mean, this match was brutal. Everything you want in a Hell in a Cell match, like it was a bloodbath. Exactly like you said, one of my favorite Batista matches ever. I haven't seen this match in years, and I forgot how good it was. Like super good. Like like, ah, just the classic on top. Pulls the sledgehammer, but he still gets the powerbomb. Like ah, just like i'm a lost for words right now i just can't say anything like anything else great Ugh. i it's love this
0: is a great match yeah great it's match. a straight up a really good like uh hell in a cell match when people you know a lot of the gripe about about triple h is that like you know oh well you know name one guy that he ever got over uh, okay well batista is one of yes. them for sure like i mean with, without triple h batista does not get over at all jesse what do you think about this one man
1: i really loved it um it, it, it kind of sent me back into the nostalgic throes of when blood was allowed and Hell in a Cell matches. And, uh, you know, it was, I mean, <laughs> when, this is when such blood
0: a, was a plenty.
1: It was just, I mean, it was such a gnarly match. And, like, you got to think with those kinds of stakes. Obviously, there's other weapons brought in too, but, like, those kinds of stakes, like, a motherfucker's going to bleed. If you're in that environment, you're going to bleed.
2: Like, you should. Otherwise, why are you in that environment? JR even gave a warning on commentary pre match.
1: Yeah, so he did. I he love did that. This, this may not be for kids now, Sassafras. So but yeah. it's one of those things As where it's us. like you don't. I just don't understand the edict of. I mean, I get they got to cater to many gods and masters in terms of sponsors or whatever, so they can't do it anymore the same way that they did. But fucking makes me angry because this match was excellent. I thought, I, I the exact same thing. I mean, you watch Triple H just make Batista really, yeah. you know, and it's like. As big a guy as that is, you still had to have that kind of thing signed off. And it doesn't hurt that trick, you know, there's Triple H, but then there's also Triple H being accompanied by Rick fucking Flair. Yeah. And I don't know. It all went the the exact same way. The um the fact that they oversold how Triple H had not lost was very important to me in the storytelling aspect of this match that he had never lost in this environment.
0: Commentary was great.
1: The whole thing put it exactly over again. I hate the three-man commentary booth here because I feel like it threw off the king, but I don't feel like it threw off Jr. Like, uh-huh. Jr. John, the coach sucks. Coach, yeah, he fucking does. blue ball sacks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a four-beer.
0: Yeah, see, to me, I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm with you guys for the most part just because of the duos that were great at the time as far as, like, commentary goes. Uh, like, I'm normally not a three-man booth guy, But I do think that there were times, especially... Okay, and this is something that I'm going to say that no one ever really takes into account, but like all those years that WCW won, I mean, think about the... Dude, they had... Okay, they had Shivani when he was really trying, like really uh, still considered himself to be a wrestling announcer. And then they had Tanay, who was arguably one of the most intelligent minds on commentary ever of all time. And then they had Bobby the Brain to be the, the, the comedy. And I think that that's underrated. Those... 96, 97 Nitro is like the commentary is really what carried those shitty main events. I mean, like (laughs) really bad wrestling, like, and they, but they carried it and they made you believe in it. So I do believe that three man booths can absolutely work and do it and, and be great. Uh, In this case, you're right though. Like when you, the more people you add to a match, or, or a scenario in wrestling, like they have to be able to carry their own weight. And if one is lesser than, it's going to hurt the other two. You know what I'm saying? And this is what happened to me in this one. I felt like Coach definitely brought down the vibe. King did not have enough interaction at all. But JR, luckily, controlled most of the commentary, and he was 100% on his game 15 years ago and killed it. I thought that everything he did with the lead-up, with the uh, you know the disclaimers before the match, even throughout the show, and his emotion, uh, his volume, his ramping up when it needs to ramp up and coming down when it needs to come down, like he did a really good job of like being an actual voice on television. A lot of people don't really understand what all that really entails, but like he is, you know, he's the fucking greatest of all time. There, there's no way around it. And at this point, like. He was definitely on his game. Triple H straight up made Batista look like an actual good bell to bell wrestler, and that is a feat a feat on its own, like n- not to mention the fact that at the end of it, Triple H still looked great. everybody everybody won in this situation. It's almost like Bruce says, like you know, you can lose a match and still be the one that got over and that's I feel like that that happened for both guys here like they they, they both they both grew. And they both had a clean finish. And, like, we didn't have a 50-50 booking. There wasn't some weird, like, you know, one guy gets over and the other guy gets his revenge immediately after. That's not what happened here. Uh, We had a straight-up good storyline going in. And I gave it a solid five and a half beers, man. Now let's jump over to the main event for AEW Full Gear. It's going to wrap up our evening here. Wex, give me your thoughts on Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley for the AEW Championship in an I Quit match.
2: I thought this was definitely second uh, second best match on the night uh, behind the tag match. Like the promos leading up to this, like Eddie Kingston is just absolutely brilliant on the mic. Like I've said this before, like you know I'm I like John Moxley. I'm not like a super big fan of him. He's pretty cool. I don't really get that excited, but Eddie Kingston has got me so invested in this feud. Like the promos they've been cutting between, like back and forth between each other on Dynamite, and like just how personal it's been getting, like kind of recounting their rivalry and their kind of like friendship over the years, and like involving his mother. And like this match was brutal. And I loved uh, Eddie Kingston's uh, gear, the throwback to Misawa, and he had the Tracy Smothers Thug t shirt on going into the ring. Nice tribute to Tracy Smothers, rest in peace. And uh, these dudes got fucking gnarly. Like, bloody, brutal, barbed wire. Everything I expected it to, to be a slobber knocker. And it didn't fall anything short of being a slobber knocker. And I love the finish, the choke out with the barbed wire. And, like, even the dynamic with the ref, Bryce Rimsberg, Like, I think that's how you say his name. Might have fucked it up. But it was just a fucking solid match. I'm going to go four and a half beers on this one.
0: Four and a half. Jesse, where you at on this one?
2: Man... Four. It was, uh, it was a brawl.
1: It was bloody. It was violent. It was unlike most main events on any other show that you really see. I, and, and you know, we saw two bloody main events tonight—one at Hell in a Cell and one here. But this one, you know, came with a, a big backstory and a whole lot of a, a lot of fervor. And I think you know, it's Kingston style of match, but it's also like I touched on in past weeks, boys. It's the only match that I think Moxley is worth a fuck at. Um, I, you know, I didn't dislike it, but I also felt like instead of going like hyper strong style, the way that they did, I really felt like it should have been more of like a traditional fight. I would have loved to have seen more of a brawl than like, than the, you know, we both watched indie wrestling a lot before kind of thing that they did for a while. And that kind of took away from it a little bit. It kind of took the realism out of it for me personally, but, um, it was just, you know, is what it is. Difference of opinion. I think, um, You know, the ending was dramatic. Like, you could see a ton of like photo opportunities, almost reminiscent of like a WrestleMania 13 Austin Hart photo opportunity thing from the give up moment and like the way that everything was kind of tied in. I think it was tailored for the cameras, but you know, the injuries were real. The, uh, it seemed the implements were real. The story was real. I think it, it, personally for me, I think it was a mistake not to change to Kingston here. Um, I agree. there's no way to bring him back from it, really. Yeah. And uh, so that's, I mean, I'm sure there is over time, but goddamn, like, it's, you know, if you wanted to do anything and tell a really awesome story that a lot of people were going to walk away talking about, it would have been that right now, right here in this instance. So that fell short for me. So, yeah, it's a four beer. All
0: right, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to go in here because there's no sugarcoating this bullshit for me. Uh, We all know how I feel about Moxley. I do, however, love Kingston, even though the fact that he's out of shape at this point in his career is unacceptable. Like I'm just going to be honest. Cause he's a <laughs> damn good guy on the mic. He's a, he, I mean, he's like probably one of the best top five talkers they have in the company. Um, but he should be embarrassed. I'm going to be completely honest. Like he should be embarrassed. Like he's not in, in the gym as much as he should be. I don't give a fuck how many injuries he has. I, I, I mean, at this point, like look at his career too. Like he's never been in shape. He's never been in shape. And, and it shows. In better shape now than he's ever been. I, I know, and that's but that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. This is why. This is why. Like, dude, because you already you had the goods. You're phenomenal on the mic. You're believable, and there's no gimmick. I believe that you are who you are, and that wraps me up in your character so much. I love Eddie Kingston as a character, but once he starts wrestling, I'm done. Like he's slow. He's he misses spots. It was sloppy. The only thing John Mosk can do is bleed and act like he's crazy. I fucking hated this. I was so (laughs) disappointed by this. I was so let down by this. Eddie Kingston out here looking like the goddamn Jolly Green Giant. Like, dude, it was not for me at all. Like, I I, like I was. He looked like the a bad cosplay of the Green Power Ranger. Like, but except like he was. He loved it when he was a kid and he kept eating fruit roll-ups. Like, listen, I. Again, I'm not trying to attack anybody personally as a person, but dude, like you are oh, in the man. main event of an AEW pay per view, you cannot like just be just be the mouthpiece. Like, who said that wrestling managers had to die? By the way, like you could be a fucking phenomenal mouthpiece. Like, just just don't work, dude, because you hey, can't. But let's
1: be honest. He he. They put him in the main event.
0: No, I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. Again, this is not a, a I'm not I don't even know if Eddie Kingston is his real name. I'm not I'm not knocking him as a human being. I'm saying that like you this this is this is poorly booked. This is poorly there was not enough there was not enough shit building up for this. The finish was lackluster to me. It was all hocus pocus to me. Uh, this felt like dude, all right. Imagine if 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 Cactus Jack and Triple H did this in Rumble 2000, it would have got shit on all Day. This yeah. match was not good. It was not good. John Moxley has n- never at least since he since he went to WWE. I, I've seen some shit that he did in CZW that was awesome, but I have not seen him been good like really good bell to bell in the ring on major TV ever. Not ever. Not one time. Not one time as Dean Ambrose. The only stuff that he's been great bell to bell in is when he was in the shield with three two other guys. That could tag in a tag out. Only so in get the a,
1: beginning.
0: Yeah, and that was it. That was it. Like I, I, I am not a Dean Mox, Dean Moxley, Dean Ambrose, John, John Ambrose, Dean John Moxley, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not about him. I could do was, without his entire career and be happy. I hated this whole thing, and like, this was just not for me. Uh, I mean, overall, I'm still gonna lean. I'm still gonna say AEW overall today had a better show but i think in 15 years from now if i had to compare vengeance 05 to full gear 2020 in 2035 i might say vengeance was a better show
1: if i'm still walking around by then i probably agree with you
2: okay
0: well there we are wex where you (laughs) at on it
2: yeah i'm still definitely gonna lean towards full gear and uh hopefully you know the whole bullshit moxley thing Kenny Omega hopefully will take the title in his first, uh, you know, in his first opportunity coming up here for winning the tournament, and then we'll have a nice, good long heel Kenny Omega title reign. Or you know, he might he might be babyface. You never know what happens, but yeah, maybe maybe then
0: maybe AJ comes over. That'd be great.
2: Hey, I just I thought they could have put I thought they
1: could have here instead of even using the Kingston thing. You had every reason in the world to build Brian Cage versus fucking Moxley.
0: Yeah, or even Lance Archer again would have been good, I think.
1: I think Lance was disqualified over the COVID thing. There was uh, some stuff with uh, him whoa. and yada yada yada. Okay. But I think too, I mean, dude, if you did Cage and Mox
2: at this yeah. show, yeah,
1: imagine if Cage took it and Cage and Omega is what we were
2: facing down. That would be, For dude. Fuck's would sake. Be versus yeah. the Terminator, dude. That'd be yeah. so sick. Like, that would be I'd sick. That eventually. Be we're so gonna
0: good. get it, yeah.
2: Of course, can't blow the load right now. We got it. We got to save it. Come on. I I will say if Oxley's your guy, this match was the easiest way to hide his negatives. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is his style. It's just beat a brawl, a bloody brawl. That's that's what he does.
0: So it's not a wrestling style. Well, guys, for me, it's all I I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, it's all subjective for me. I hated it. I hated the main event, but I thought the show was good. Uh, I mean, if you get a chance to watch either one of these shows, you won't regret it. Full gear was great. Uh, vengeance 05 if you just got some time and you got the network pull it up it was a really good show you will not regret it uh but let, that's that's gonna do it for us this week uh next week coming up we got the cagey cast the original co-host with me uh we're gonna do a watch along since the survivor series season we're gonna be watching along as poop brown Shawn michaels with his bob swedish haircut <laughs> wins the world championship after four years out it's the first ever hell in a, or elimination chamber excuse me the first ever elimination chamber 2002 survivor series main event we're going to be doing a watch along next week on that one the following week uh the kfa boys are going to be back on the show and we're going to be covering survivor series 2020 boys are you guys is there anything that you guys are hyped to see on survivor series thus far because i feel like they've done a piss poor job of promoting it that, so far jesse what do you think
1: Uh, I'm not. I mean, you know,
2: there's Zane's facing somebody, right?
0: I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, he's
2: facing uh, uh, whoever's the U.S. champion as an MVP.
0: Oh, yeah. They're doing champion, champion. Is MVP the U.S.
2: champion still?
0: Yeah, and they're doing uh, Bobby Lashley.
2: I can't. Somebody in the hurt business. It's hurt business. I know. Somebody in the hurt business versus Sami Zayn. I'm I'm Uh, super. uh, There is a
0: big rumor. There's a big rumor that so because it's Orton and. Rains that possibly, possibly Miz could try to cash in here and then lose and say that he was trying to challenge the other guy which would be good booking you know what I mean because it's a non title yeah. match so like he could go in and then try to pin reigns and be like you know lose or whatever and like, then realize yeah. oh I was trying or then he gets ends up getting pinned by Orton you know what I mean like like there's there's a, there's cool ways to do something there. Maybe they will. I just um, think that
1: the what they turn Survivor Series into for me is kind of a joke. It's like there are no stakes. Like the whole thing's supposed to be about stakes. There's I no agree. stakes. I agree. I don't yeah, give a no shit stakes. which fucking champion wins. Who cares? Like well,
0: hopefully we'll at least get some good wrestling here. Maybe we can cover. Maybe we'll pull up like Survivor Series '90 or something to compare it to and see if it's any better. Or maybe like Survivor Series '2000. The height of the Attitude Area, maybe area era. Maybe we can, you know. <laughs> get to that point in the show but uh, series
2: 98
0: is a good one too the series 98 is a good one too you know what we'll figure it out boys and girls we got we got a couple of, we got a couple of weeks between now and then
1: but oh, that's yeah.
2: gonna wrap it up, up
1: up for us
0: jesse where can people find you man what you got going on
1: at jesse baker nash on instagram and twitter and just jesse baker on facebook you know pretty easy
2: guy to find
0: wax what, what you got going on man where can people find you
2: you can find me at Lawson Wex on Twitter at Breaking the Lawson on Instagram, and then on YouTube, Wex Breaking the Lawson. I got a new little wrestling channel up there. Been doing AEW Dynamite reviews weekly, and got some other shit in the works that'll be heading your way soon. Nice, and you're writing for a, like an online zine now too. What's the name of that zine? Yeah, Too Sweet Zine, I've been doing some stuff for them online, writing some some online magazine articles, and we got a new uh, print magazine coming out here soon. Actually, it's already out, people have ordered it, the shipment should be coming in soon, I know it's going to take a while because international shipping delays because of COVID and everything, but should be popping off here soon. And then, you know, we got Revive Pro Wrestling, we just had the big bump in the night show back on the night before Halloween. And the next show we got coming up is going to be on December the 5th, I believe, Jesse, is that correct? Nice. That is correct. Yeah, Revive Pro, be sure to follow
0: them as well. My name is Mr. Noted all, Daniel John Schaefer. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak on all the social media platforms, as well as at kfabe.com. Be sure to smash that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. And hey, if you want, when you write that review, Write a show that you want us to cover. Give us a throwback show that you want the K-Fabe crew to cover, and we will make sure to do that for you and give you a shout-out. Leave your social handles. We'll go ahead and pump you. Just make sure to give us that five-star review. Write the review, too. That matters a lot on all of the platforms, on Spotify, on Apple, all of it. Do do it that way please. The song you're listening to right now as always these days is from my band Rise The Wake. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere else. Cheap plugs only here. That's going to do it for us. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Okay.